Oh, I'm so thrilled today to be able to have Katie Wells back on the podcast. She is absolutely, I mean, I can honestly say has changed my life in terms of what our house looks like, how we're treating our stuff, how we're thoughtful about stuff coming in and just rethinking what clutter is. So I knew with Katie joining us in Planapalooza this year that this was going to be a great opportunity to just kind of have a conversation. Just I want to get your all's wheels going about what's possible for you in the coming months and coming year for really thinking about new systems and processes for handling all the physical stuff, getting better organized with that, because man, it seems to sometimes come into the house faster than I can figure out what to do with it. We just finished recording this episode. And I think the biggest aha moment I had was understanding this difference between clutter versus expected mess. So definitely listen up for that because I'm hopeful that it's going to help as many of you as it did me really understanding that difference and that I'm going to have different systems to deal with clutter versus expected mess. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. Welcome to the Work-Life Harmony Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Sumrall. I'm the creator of the top program and top planner, teaching all things time management, organization, and productivity for women. I'm also a mom and wife, and just like you, I'm juggling hashtag all the things while running multiple businesses and a family. Guess what? You don't have to feel constantly overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. There is another way. When you have the right systems and tools to plan and manage your time, you can live a life of harmony. This is your show to learn from me and other amazing women how to master your time, planning, and organization to skyrocket your productivity so you can have work-life harmony. If you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed, this is the show for you. And if you're new here, I'd love to get you started with my work-life harmony assessment. All you have to do is DM me on Instagram at Megan Sumrall with the word harmony, and my team will send it right over. All right. Welcome back to the show, Katie. I am so glad to have you here again for my own selfish reasons, as always. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Megan. So for those of you that have not had the opportunity to be introduced to Katie Wells, I've had her on the show before. She is my go-to for minimalizing and decluttering and really creating a less stressful physical space. And, you know, I can declutter what's going on in people's heads. I can declutter their calendar, but I'm still a work in progress myself when it comes to systems and stuff around the home. I swear things like there's invisible people that come in my home at night and just put stuff in here that I don't, I don't know how it got here. So I'm thrilled to have you back. And today we really want to, you know, we're going to have the Planapalooza event coming soon. And Katie is one of the four guest experts who's going to be coming into the Planapalooza community and really sharing some tips as we think about that bigger picture yearly planning. What are some strategies and things that we can put in place to help us get rid of clutter, get rid of physical stress over the coming year without it being this completely overwhelming process. So know that that's coming inside of Planapalooza. But I asked Katie here today to kind of help us talk through when we're looking at, which I think a lot of us are feeling this need to have less these days. I feel it more so than I have, I think, ever before. But when I look around my house or other people's houses, it's almost how do I even start when one, I'm not an expert in organizing or decluttering 
And can this be something that we chip away at and actually stay on top of instead of, well, I got to take a month off from work and, you know, clear my calendar. And that's the only way that I'm going to start to make progress on this. Yes. Okay. Everything you just said is so relatable. I was like, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that and not taking any action because I was like, I can't take a month off work. I have kids and they're going to be here until they're 18 at least. So I guess for the next 18 years, I'll just live in clutter, right? Because even if you could take the time off from work, what is someone going to take your children for the entire month that you would need them gone to feel like you can make progress? Right. And so I think... I'll touch on a few different things because I could go a million ways with this. I think, and you mentioned this, you're like, lately I've been feeling the need to simplify and get rid of some of this physical clutter. And I think part of that comes into bringing awareness into how your physical environment is impacting you. Sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Because a lot of times we're looking around our homes and we want to point our finger at the kids for not picking up their toys or at our partners for tossing their work stuff on the kitchen table and all of these excess possessions. But sometimes it's like, well, maybe it's my shopping habits, right? And all these other things. And so I think bringing awareness into how you feel in your space and on the flip side of that coin, how you feel in a space when there's less stuff. So maybe you spend 10 minutes decluttering your kitchen counters, right? It's been a clutter hot spot. There's mess. It's been nagging you every single day. You declutter, you put stuff away and now tune into your body. How are you feeling? What emotions are you having? Do you feel like you have more headspace? Do you, do you feel energized? Like, oh, I actually like being in the kitchen right now because there's not so much stuff yeah. screaming my name and calling for my attention. And then, so I think that's the first thing is awareness, always, always awareness. And then yes, you can see declutter success without taking weekends, you know, without wasting entire weekends or taking months off work. But for a lot of us, and this was me too, it means revisiting our version of success and creating different benchmarks for what success can look like. Because I thought decluttering had to look a certain way to be successful, meaning an entire weekend, right? Dedicating a whole hours and chunks of my time in order to be successful. But we're all busy and none of us have this elusive two to three hour chunks of time in our week or day or even our month, you know? And so, right. So a new benchmark of success for me was like, I'm just going to declutter for 10 minutes a day for five days a week, Monday through Friday. I'll do it when I can. I put it on my calendar. If the kids were sick, right? Life happens. You're so good at helping us because just like you need me, I need you (laughs) to create these schedules and systems that work for like real life. You know, it's not always going to be perfect, but that one simple habit of decluttering as best I could 10 minutes a day for five days made a huge difference. And I think that's where people get stuck. They're like, well, I'm not going to see results fast enough. So this isn't worth it. And it's just still too overwhelming. So they give up before they realize that the cumulative impact of decluttering for five days a week, 10 minutes, it adds up. And they don't ever quite, a lot of people give up before they hit that threshold where they're really reaping the benefits. Right. So I love this idea of 10 minutes a day, five days a week. Now, if I were to be just starting out at that, and I'm thinking about like, there's a couple spaces in my house that we haven't tackled yet that are like the big elephant in the room. And the thought of 10 minutes is I feel like I will open the door. There's two closets in particular. I'm going to open the door and just stare at the closet. (laughs) For the whole 10 minutes? (laughs) For 10 minutes. Because I'll be like, what can I really do in 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. What are some quick wins of like, okay, set the timer, go where do we start? I mean, we've got this closet. When I walk in from the garage, it's like a, 
Is it a pantry? Is it a coat closet? Is it where we throw our school stuff? Is it the dog closet? Yes. To all of the above. Like we don't even know what it is to even know where to start with it. Are you so overwhelmed that you aren't even sure where to start? Guess what? You're not alone. In fact, still happens to me sometimes. And that's exactly why I created my three-step ditch the overwhelm process. And I use it anytime my list of things to do starts to paralyze me. I've shared this process with over 10,000 women. And if you need help getting out of overwhelm and back into action on the things that matter most, you can grab it too. All you have to do is DM me the word amen over on Instagram at Megan Sumrall, and my team will send it right over. And you kind of just answered your own question. So I would always encourage people to start with like, what's the purpose of the space you're wanting to work on? Like most people don't. Usually when there's frustration within, you know, surrounding the contents of your home, it's because they don't align with the purpose. So if that purpose, and here's the thing, a lot of people are like, in my space and the declutter minimalism space, like you can't have a junk drawer or you can't have a catch-all space, but it's like, honey, you can have one of those spaces. If that's the purpose of that closet, Megan is to be like, it's for dog leashes. It's for, you know, back to school. It's for a temporary drop zone for things I need to find a home for, but don't have one for you. Like that's okay. But bringing awareness into the purpose of that space is always step one. And then looking at the stuff that doesn't fit within that space and within that purpose and go, well, this doesn't fit these three purposes I have for this space. Is this extra? Is this true clutter? Do I just need to find a new home for it? So that's a really quick way to identify what doesn't belong. Oh, that's going to be really helpful because even, and I think part of my frustration with it is as I feel like it needs to serve one purpose, but I'm like, but it can't just be one thing. It does need to fit about four needs, but I think I've felt like I don't know where to start because I had to not allow it to be a multi-purpose closet. And so adding in some more flexibility, it's like, why do we sometimes think things like that? I've felt very rigid. And I think maybe it's just things we hear or see other people do and it works for them, but it's not a one size fits all solution, right? Mm -hmm. So if someone were hypothetically, Megan, setting out a plan of 2023 to say, okay, by the end of 2023, I want to have every closet, every cabinet, every space in our home serve a clear purpose and the whole family's in alignment with what the purpose is and that each of those space is structured to serve that purpose. What strategies could you give on where might be quick wins to start with that? I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot. It's a bit, that's why I'm like, I'm going to take the whole year to do this. Yeah. But any suggestions on spaces to consider first or types of clutter to think about first, et cetera? I don't think there's any perfect place to start. I always recommend that you start with usually spaces that you tend to spend a lot of time in or that are just Mm -hmm. common clutter hotspots. So for a lot of people, that's really any surface area in the home. Um, particularly cause that's what they do. They just attract clutter. We actually got rid of our coffee table years ago. I don't know if I told you this because I was like, mm-hmm. the only purpose this is serving is just collect. It holds toys and clutter and random stuff that I pick up throughout the day and put it there to have to handle later. So I got rid of the coffee table and it was like, no regrets. <laughs> so 
So anyway, wow. you, sometimes we need to also think, is this, is the purpose of this piece of furniture, is it doing or anything or. else for me beyond just holding mess or holding clutter? Like a lot of times if we're honest, it's like, actually, I actually don't need that piece of furniture because it's making my life harder, not easier. But I digress. So anyway, going back to like the 2023 decluttering in a year, I think that's an amazing goal. It took me two, two and a half years. And that was with a lot of one step forward, two steps back. But surface areas are a great place to start living room, kitchen, any communal areas. And I think, you know, you have the decluttering aspect, you have the daily reset aspect. So you know, tackling expected mess, getting a handle on that so it doesn't get overwhelming because so many people, when they're looking around their house, looking at all the stuff, it's a combination of both clutter and expected mess. So you have those two kind of focal points. And then mm. on the flip so side how, of both- So what's that subtle difference of clutter versus yes. expected mess? So clutter, I would say a common term or a common way to define that is- excess or things you simply don't need use love anymore, right? Maybe it served a purpose six months ago, six years ago, but it's collecting dust and it's impacting and taking up physical space in your home, but also in your mind. It doesn't have to be. And I think the thing with clutter is a lot of people kind of envision like the show hoarders, like it has to be this excessive amount, but it doesn't have to be. I could open a drawer right now underneath me and probably like, maybe I could find one piece of paper I don't need anymore, right? It doesn't I think so. I've just been thinking about the drawer with our utensils. I'm like, I know I have five of the exact same Pampered Chef rubber spatula. Yes, that's it. Why? That's it. But so many I of us wait them. till that drawer is exploding. And then we're like, oh, it's a clutter problem. But it doesn't have to be excessive. So that's kind of something I've yeah. been exploring lately more in my content. Whereas expected mess is just mess that happens from everyday life. Typically, these are okay. all things that are used, loved, right? The water bottles that didn't get put away, the backpacks that are on the floor that need to be hung up, the homework that needs to go back in the backpack or back to school or back in your bin, all these different things. So it's those things are used and needed. It's just a matter of they need to get put back where they belong when they're not in use. Huge difference in you God, know, That just freed terms, up so but, much space for me on recognizing that difference. Cause to me, I label it all as clutter. Right. And then family members get frustrated because they're like, but no, that's not clutter. It's my stuff. And yes, they're talking about the expected mess. Yeah. To me, it's all clutter. And so I kind of panic on how to manage the two. So can I pick your brain on the expected mess for a minute? 100%. Again, I think this is like my personal <laughs> declutter. So, and I'm sure everybody has this, whether you have kids or not, mm-hmm. but and for us, it's one counter in our kitchen is where all the expect, now I'm going to call it expected mess goes. Yes. The Rubik's cube that was being played with that didn't get put back upstairs. The, you know, we're into origami later, lately, the 8,000 folded, whatever's at our treasures at the moment. But, and so they all collect there and any strategies on other than me, then picking them all up, getting so annoyed, losing my cool, and then going around mm-hmm. and putting everything back where, where the expected messes belong. How do you get support with family on dealing with helping spread the load of the expected mess and how we minimize that? I think a big part of it comes down to like regular conversations. Sometimes I think as a parent, like Oftentimes, I wish I could tell my kids one time, like, listen, here's where your backpack goes. <laughs> Please unload your lunch boxes after school. They go here. Here's why, right? But the fact is, like, part of parenting is just repeating yourself <laughs> for, is for a long time. I believe. <laughs> it's like 90% of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And so there's that aspect. And then I think oftentimes our family doesn't understand the what 
which is, you know, can be decluttering or handling their expected mess if they don't understand the why. And so even breaking Mm -hmm. down really simple aspects of clutter. And here's the thing, even though it's not clutter, we're talking about expected mess here, that stuff that's just out and maybe needs to be put away, right? Our brain doesn't necessarily, it responds very similarly to whether it's expected mass or clutter, right? Our increases our cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone. That doesn't make us feel good, right? It's harder to focus, make dinner, whatever else we're doing in the kitchen or said space. And so bringing that up to our kids and say, listen, clutter, whether it's clutter or it's just piles of stuff that we need to put away, it impacts the way we feel. And so creating really spacious rooms or, you know, when it comes to your bedroom, having a bedroom, that's a reflection of who you are now and the importance of doing daily resets and how that's going to help you versus kind of making it all about us. Here's why I want you to do this. So I feel better. (laughs) Not that that can't be an avenue you go down because it should be a team effort in my opinion. And here's how it does impact mom. And so one way I did this with my kids, is I said, you know, as you start to help out and do these daily resets, that means I have more free time. So that means we can play extra games of connect four or shoots and ladders or dominoes at night. Cause my kids love that. That's like our family time. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay, right. That's really exciting to them. And they can understand that at five and seven years old that, Hey, if I do this, that takes a few seconds. It's going to mean more family time or whatever's important to them. Oh, I think even just, I'm excited to sit down with my family tonight and even just talk about that difference of expected mess versus clutter, because, you know, I've been on this rampage lately. And when I say, you know, my goal for 2023 is the house, I have full disclosure. I've been chipping away at this for several months already. So it's not like I'm rolling into 2023 with the whole house needing it. I've got rooms that are already done and we're feeling good about, but I'd like to finish it in 2023. But as they're seeing me, you know, go crazy and I'm tackling this cabinet this weekend or whatever, I think they're getting anxious that I'm going to be getting rid of their stuff. Yeah, (laughs) that's normal, right? (laughs) But to talk to them about, no, I want to reduce clutter versus, or, and let's create systems and places for our expected messes and to be able to even differentiate that with each one of them. Cause we all have things that are treasures for us that aren't looks like clutter to me, but it's not to someone else. And I I want to honor that for everybody, but I think that's going to really help us have a better conversation to say, so clean up your stuff, clean up your clutter. Just, Hey, we all create expected messes for the things that you love. We need to create a a system and a place for those. So thank you for that. That already is making me feel Yes. When I, I know I'm going to walk into the kitchen and see the Rubik's cubes and origami sitting there when we're done. And now I'm not going to be so annoyed or be thinking of it as clutter and instead going, all right, what conversation can we have to help clean up with the expected mess there? So yeah. Good. And I think it's um, just a quick note. It's a reminder for us to, to see that there is beauty in mess, right? Like that was an opportunity for connection, or maybe you have tons of dirty dishes after right having it, but you just had an opportunity to have a nice meal or there's laundry to be done, but that means you, you know, and there are all kinds of ways you can look at it. But anytime that we have a lot of play in this house, like there's expected mess afterwards, it's just part of the process. And so when you tune into the daily resets and just making habits, it kind of just puts your mind at ease knowing, Hey, I've got a plan for this mess brain. Like don't stress out. We got this covered. Yeah. Now I think your daily reset has been a game changer for me. It has been a game changer for so many women in my top community who've had the pleasure of hearing that from you. Can you give just like the 30 second overview of what these daily resets, and you can have more than one in a day, but what a daily reset is. 
Yeah. So daily reset is when you put everything back that is out on the typically surface areas back to where it lives full time. Because right, we're not all perfect. We don't come home and put our keys where the keys go. Sometimes we toss our purse on the ground, wherever it doesn't belong. And so the idea behind doing these one to three times a day in you know a variety of spaces in your home is that it prevents the expected mess from building and getting too overwhelming. And then right, adding clutter into the mix and losing things, it just becomes paralyzing, frustrating. And it's going to, for most people, like it did for me, lead you down a road of lots of negative feelings, including resentment, resentment. right? Shame. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Why can't I just have a tidy home? What am I lacking, right? That I can't do this, all these things. And so the beauty of it is it takes seconds to do versus if you just let that expected mess build and build days later, you know, it just adds up, it takes too much time. And it's, I think for, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of your listeners or parents or caregivers, I think it's just a wonderful life skill to pass along, or maybe they have partners they need to help teach this life skill to, of just managing stuff, right? Stuff management from like a very high level, it's going to last your entire family and you a lifetime to be able to learn these skills now. Yeah. And when you taught us that, I was like, we sort of had some, but we hadn't been like officially named it or really thought about it that way. And it has given me such a release of frustration knowing now when I have those reset times. So there's usually some buildup of dishes kind of late morning to end of school that happen in the sink from breakfast and all that. And it's driving me nuts. And again, resentment now no, because we have that reset time when I know it, it will matter three or four minutes, everything's going to get cleaned up, dishwasher, all that. And then, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's coming allows me to not get frustrated or whatever in the moment. And then the family knows that it's coming too. So everyone can jump in and have exactly. their you know, roles and responsibilities. We were watching, I have to tell you before we wrap things up, because it made me think of you. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. Did you ever, or did your kids or do the veggie tales? Oh, it's been years, but yes, I've seen some episodes. Yeah. So every time, like my daughter's favorite one was Madame Blueberry, which is all about stuff and her need to accumulate stuff. And Madame Blueberry goes into the stuff mart and there's this whole song (laughs) and you just see her piling up all the things. And so that's what we use here at home when things start to look bad. I'm like, guys, it looks like we just went to the stuff mart, like no more Madame Blueberry. (laughs) That's awesome. But now I always think of you when, when that Madam Blueberry song comes in as like the good entryway into not having too much stuff. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. If you think of me with Madam Blueberry, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> well, you reform us Madam Blueberries. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone with little, little kids, if you've not done the Veggie Tales, I highly recommend the Madam Blueberry episode on the stuff part. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Well, we are looking forward to having you back in Planapalooza. I yes. am thrilled. I'm going to be sharing in the show notes a link to kind of two of your great, I think, entry points into mm-hmm. decluttering. One specifically around toy declutter that I know so many women yes. in my community have already gotten a ton out of. And then you run periodic challenges throughout the year as well. And the great news about that is there's always an opportunity to get signed up for either the upcoming one or to be able to join in on one that's going on as well. Where is the best place for people to connect with you if they're kind of getting ready to launch into a decluttering and minimalizing journey? Really three areas, YouTube. I've started a YouTube channel and you can find me under my name, Katie Wells. And sometimes I have to think about my handle there and that's sad. So it's just my name. (laughs) 
my podcast, The Maximized Minimalist, if you're a podcast listener. And then my favorite social media platform is Instagram. So I like doing reels and stories and just really valuable content on there for you too. Yeah. And I really encourage, like if you're podcast listeners, subscribe to The Maximized Minimalist. The show is incredible. I never missed an episode now. But what I really appreciate for those of you on Instagram, Katie does an amazing job of just in the moment being like, as you yourself are working through, like you'll catch yourself. I notice sometimes like, I was just about to like, why was I about to purchase that? I don't need it. And you kind of yes. walk us through that journey. And I will tell you, it has opened my eyes to habits and why I'm drawn to certain things. And it's really helped me minimalize some areas in my life. I didn't even realize were problematic. So I appreciate all that you share out there. It's really, really helpful. Ah, thanks. All right, guys, we'll see you in Planapalooza soon. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks, Megan. Getting on top of all things time management, organization, and productivity doesn't have to stop just because this episode is over. If you want one tap access to all of my training and current top podcasts, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Pink Bee app. It's one word, the Pink Bee. It is jam-packed with simple yet powerful tips and strategies to get you out of overwhelm and into harmony. And if you have a question you want me to cover on a future episode, go to iTunes and ask your question in the podcast review section. And while you're there, don't forget to leave a five-star review.